We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky coming to you uh, from my office in New Athens, Illinois. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark uh, coming to you from my office, as always, at Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And, and you put us together, and what do you get? You get wrestling, wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics. So, it Matt. Takes you to wrestle, John. It takes you to wrestle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you wrestle with yourself. Yeah, you know, it's still fun wrestling <laughs> with yourself. <laughs> and you're either always a loser or always a winner, but it doesn't really have any sense of gratification, does it? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I know. <laughs> That's a good point. Now, stop that, Matt. Stop that. Because uh, this, we've just entered into the Lenten season. This last Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. And of course, it is kind of our semi tradition at Wrestling with the Base that we don't do our, our normally humorous introduction, uh, although there are probably people that argue that we never do. <laughs> None of our introductions are, because humorous means that it's funny, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, you, you know, I, I do hear listenership goes up during the season of Lent uh, on, on <laughs> Resident of the Basics, John. Well, finally, they're not, they're not, they're, they're stopping the antics for, for 40 yeah. days. No, no dumb jokes, at least six weeks with no dumb jokes. <laughs> uh, well, we can't guarantee that because <laughs> it's just kind of a semi-tradition with us but we'll we'll try to stick with that until we're done with the season of lent although this does give me an opportunity to be a curmudgeon again matt if i might and then we'll get on to the business we need to talk about today every um, opportunity you get john all right what is it this time well it's just i and we talked about this last year or maybe even two years i don't know i've really become a curmudgeon about the season of lent okay um, for one thing, it's way too long, <laughs> right? Uh, well, honestly, if you go back to the early church, we weren't doing six weeks. That didn't happen until like four or five hundred years after Jesus Christ, you know. Uh, and, and you remember what Jesus says when, when the Pharisees came up and, and said, uh, uh, why don't your disciples fast? And Jesus said, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and I mean, I I always felt kind of uncomfortable because we know how it's going to end. He's going to raise from the dead. He's ascended into heaven where two or more he's gathered with us. And so it's hard for me to really be somber for six weeks, you know, Holy Week. I'll buy that a, a week set aside to think about Jesus suffering and death on the cross. Yeah. But but six. And yet at the same time, Matt, I, I think Lent is not long enough. <laughs> See, that's a curmudgeon. <laughs> I know. You can't make you happy, John. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That is the essence of curmudgeonliness. Uh, and what I mean when it's, it's, not, it's not long enough is actually we should repent every day. Uh, yeah. we, we, we need to remember that we are sinful people. In fact, it will impact everything we do every day of our lives, uh, which is why we rejoice in the fact that Jesus Christ has come to forgive our sins and that we have constant, unending grace and mercy and forgiveness. So so anyway... Uh, yeah. uh, it's, it is sort of a paradox, though, isn't it, John, yeah. that 
you know, every day should be a day of Lent, every day a day of repentance, but every day is also Easter. Every day is a yeah. day where we, we rejoice that we have a living Savior and that we are, we're connected to his resurrection by baptism. We rise anew, forgiven in him every day. So yeah, it's, it's a little bit of both. And I like that, Matt. You're absolutely right. That is the life of a Christian, to live every day constantly aware, yep, I'm a sinner. I really need to be aware that the devil's going to tempt me, and I may fail, and I may have doubts and whatever, but also constantly aware that I am living in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And none of those things, sin, death, and the devil, none of those can prevail over Jesus Christ. All right, so let's go at it and love and care for our our neighbor and, and just rejoice in the things the Lord has given us. Yeah. So, so so anyway, there's no sin in celebrating Lent. I, I did it myself for years. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, and so I'm not saying it's a sinful thing to celebrate Lent, but but I, I really do alert our listeners, be careful because Lent can also be a very sinful thing if we begin to see it as a thing of self-righteousness, that somehow now we are holier than... Uh, we were before are, are holier than others because, oh, yeah, we're celebrating Lent. I, I think it's a great opportunity, though, to preach the Word of God. And you can never go wrong in preaching the Word of God, can you, Matt? Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, the, the other thing I like about Lent, too, is, you know, the Sundays in Lent really don't count, right? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, as you, as you add up the six weeks, and Lent is only 40 days, though, and, um, and it's almost like, you know, we can't help but but celebrate Easter when we gather on a Sunday, you know, the day of our Lord's resurrection. So even in the midst of Lent, we still have that, that recognition that, oh, yeah, Jesus is risen. He's risen indeed. And uh, we celebrate that certainly every Sunday, uh, even in the season of Lent. So now you got on to another commergently thing that I have. Uh-oh. So so why Uh-oh. do we keep those stupid purple uh, uh, pyramids on Sunday? You're right. Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection always, even in the season of Lent. So let's start putting white pyramids on, and then you can switch them back to purple for the midweek service. Okay? <laughs> oh, man, there's a whole host of, of Alder Guild women that are going, say what? Say yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to be the one that tells our Alder guilt that job. Okay. All right. well, just forget I said that then. <laughs> oh, you just make awesome yeah. trouble. <laughs> but but thank you for that reminder. That's right. We need to remember. And that's what's hard, I think, because at the midst of our sorrow, we know there's no reason to be sad. Uh, but that's pretty much life too, isn't it? There's a lot of times when we are sad, rightfully so, uh, because we confront death and sin and doubt and whatever. But at the same time, no, there really is no reason to be sad in Jesus Christ. All right. Enough of that. Uh, um, so I'm here glad we you got that out of your system. Now. I did. <laughs> it may come up again, though. <laughs> it's a long six weeks, Matt. Um, so here's what we're doing, uh, uh, dear people. Uh, Matt and I again have both uh, preached on a very, very difficult Bible text, and we did this a few weeks ago, and it seemed like it worked out really good. And and so we're going to try it again. Uh, the text is from Luke six. I don't remember the verse though, Matt. You you do you remember? Yeah, verse twenty seven is where I think we're going to start. Okay, off. Luke six um, verse twenty seven. This is in the middle of of Jesus. What's sometimes called the Sermon on the Plain. Uh, yeah, we got the Sermon on the Mount. Everyone knows about the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew uh, chapters five through seven. But this is the maybe lesser known, lesser quoted Sermon on the Plain that really only mm-hmm. takes up uh, one chapter, even just not even a whole chapter. Luke chapter six. 
So do how do you want I'm going to take let you take the lead on this for the beginning. So so how how many verses do you want me to read and and where do you want to go for cuz I'm really interested uh, cuz this is a really really difficult text and I'm just interested in how you you handled it. So uh, guide yeah. me yeah. Matt what would you like me to do here? <laughs> okay. Well um so I'm going to set the scene here. Okay, um, good. If that's okay. So I'll that's set the perfect. scene then then you can open the skin of the text. Okay. So I'm going to set the scene well, first, biblically, okay, so the context here, again, Sermon on the Plain, and uh, Jesus just uh, spelled out these Beatitudes, um, a little different than the ones in Matthew. I think that's interesting. Uh, and then uh, now Jesus is getting into a discussion about loving your enemies, loving your enemies. So just to kind of set the, the cultural scene. So, so John, I know you're a theater guy, right? Yeah. Uh, you're yeah. a thespian. You're an actor. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> This is I, I've, I've even been in a show with you before. It was it was great fun. Um, but the uh, this summer at the Muni, I don't know if you, you got over there this summer, but one of the shows was Chicago. OK, um, so Chicago, if our listeners haven't seen it, it's it's probably a PG-13 uh, show, maybe even maybe even at least PG-13. And there's one song in there that's a little off color and. It's sung by this a warden at a women's prison. <laughs> and I, I don't know if you've seen this in Chicago, no. John. But no, okay, no, so I haven't. Is, all right. Well, anyway, a little off color, so be warned, listeners. But um, this this woman, this warden, Mama Morton is her name, and she lives by the rule of reciprocity. All right. Okay. Uh, so this is this is what she sings in her song. I'll just sing some of the appropriate words of the song <laughs> that we can have on the air. She says, uh, there's a lot of favors that I'm prepared to do. You do one for mama. She'll do one for you. Got a little motto. Always sees me through when you're good to mama. Mama's good to you. <laughs> All right. So right now, John's asking, what does this have to do with the Sermon on the Plain? No, no, I know exactly what it has to do. You go on, though. You keep going. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're good to mama, mama's good to you. So in other words, uh, mama's looking out for herself. Uh, This mama Morton, she's looking out for herself. And that's that's so often seems to be the way that life works, right? Uh, That's how we see other people, sadly, uh, that relationships are transactional. Uh, I do something for you, you'll do something for me. Um, that's the way life works. You scratch um, my back, I'll scratch yours. That's exactly. Yeah, yeah. Tit for tat, exactly. That's the way it works. Um, so I think that's true in the 21st century, all right? But that's also true in the first century. That was also true back ah. in, in during Jesus' ministry when okay. he walked this earth. So there was even a a Latin Roman phrase that Jesus and and others would have been familiar with, too. Do ut des, uh, which translated means, I give so that you give. Ah, okay. And and that might sound, well, that sounds kind of nice. But no, what that means is, I give so that you give to me. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I do good to you. I give to you just so that with the motivation that you give back to me. Again, reciprocity. I scratch your back, you'll scratch mine. That's the way the world works, right? Isn't it? Isn't it? That is the way the world works, isn't it, Matt? <laughs> oh, I mean, that. well, it is. It is the yeah. way, you know, yeah. so often that is. You're exactly right, John, in this fallen, sinful world. You now, that's the way things work. Uh, but then, 
Jesus comes along in the Sermon on the Plain and the verses we're focusing on today, and he turns that idea of reciprocity. Darn, darn that Jesus, always sticking uh -oh. his nose where it doesn't belong. <laughs> it turns it upside down, right, John, on its head, says something totally, radically, unbelievably different yeah. than what his hearers would have expected. Uh, what his hearers in the first century would have expected, the Gentile hearers, but even, even Jewish hearers too, um, what they might expect, even if they had a knowledge of <clears throat> the Hebrew Old Testament scriptures, perhaps. So that's that's kind of to set the scene. And then we can get into the text now too, John. Well, and, and you're right, because there is something in this text. I don't know whether we'll get to it uh, this week or next week, but there is something in this text that no Roman, no Jew would ever say. And, and, and that was something that I learned as I was preparing as well. Uh, it would, it, you're right. It would have been absolutely shocking. Uh, to the people of that day. And, you know, I think it's shocking to the people of this day, except we're so yes. used to hearing it. It just goes in one ear yeah. and out the yeah. other. Yeah. You bet. Exactly. All right. All right. So, so yeah. where do you want to go, Matt? Well, yeah, well, let's get into the text. Let's go. You want to read, uh, begin with verse 27 of Jesus' Sermon on the Plain. And, and, and Matt, let me say, I thank you for that, that Roman phrase, too. I think that's one of the things that I've learned as an old dog. Uh, I, you know, it used to be when I would do a study, like of the Greek text, and you, you go to your big Greek dictionary, you know, everything you want to know about the Greek language. Yeah. And, and, and I would skip the, the, the beginning part, which was always about how the Romans and how the Greeks might have used that word. And I would jump right into the New Testament part. But, but you know, I, I realized that was a mistake because this stuff, this thing that we're reading from Luke, it was actually written for those Romans and those Greeks, wasn't it? That was yeah. his intent. He wasn't writing this primarily for the people of the area of Jesus, although they read it too, but he was speaking to these, these people, these Gentiles. So it's important to know how they would have heard those words. I, I'm yeah. sorry. What did but, you want me to yeah, well, no, I mean, I, I mean, just and especially Luke's gospel, right, John? You know, yeah. he starts off his gospel about you know this account and for uh, most excellent Theophilus. So you know, it seems as though Luke is writing to to a Gentile uh, primarily and a, a Gentile audience. And so, yeah, it is good to know that context. Yeah, no doubt about it. The original hearers, but also we're we're the intended hearers today too. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You know, twenty centuries later, uh, but it's it's nice to know that context in which it's written for sure. So, I'm sorry. What verse did you want me to read? So, well, let's uh, let's begin with verse 27. Okay, but I say to you. All right. So we've got the but there. So apparently, uh, there was a different way of dealing with things. But now Jesus says, "I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you." Want me to keep reading? Well, yeah, however far yeah, but, you'd like to go. Well, I mean, okay. already. Well, yeah, we'll keep ahead. keep the same thing here. Then bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see how radical that is, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that is not, you do good to me, I'll do good to you. This is not reciprocity. This is just the opposite of that, right? Um, to love your enemies. But, you know, again, like you you alluded to, John, that, that sounds kind of familiar to us as Christians, maybe. You know, love your yeah. enemies. Yeah, oh, yeah. But yeah. think about that, you know, love your enemies. I mean, that that is radical. Then, and it should still sound radical to us today, too, um, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. I mean, that's that seems just, it is countercultural. It goes against what we as, as sinful people would think is, is logical, right? Um, you know, off the air, you said, I think before the show, you said you, you preached on this and you told people... <laughs> 
that uh, if, if you knew this is the text, if you knew this is what you're supposed to be preaching on, you wouldn't have signed up for the gig, right? <laughs> That's right. I would have chosen another Sunday. Exactly. <laughs> but that, I can see why, because this is you know, radical then, and it's also radical today. And and for us to now wrestle with that, okay, how, what does Jesus mean by that? How does that how does that come to play in our our day to day lives? So 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 let me read the next verse and 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 tell you exactly why I don't like this text yeah, and what yeah. I told the people. So to the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I said, you know, I, 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 the, one of the things I, I hate about this text is it's not practical, Matt. It's just, I mean, that's fine for Jesus to stand up there and preach. You know how you preachers are, but it's not practical in the real world. Uh, in fact, I'm telling everyone who's listening to us now, if you slap me on the cheek, I'm going to poke you in the nose. All right. <laughs> so think twice about slapping me on the cheek. If anyone's got that in their mind. And, and here's the other thing. If you come up up and you take my my uh, cloak, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> All right. Don't expect me to say, oh, here, you can have my tunic too. Nope. The, the police will be on your tail. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Okay. So there I just, you go. I'm envisioning the three stooges, John. There, people, <laughs> people are poking, slapping you. You're poking them back. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's how it works. <laughs> So help us understand then, Matt, because obviously this is not a real practical way to live our lives. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So love your enemy and, and do good to those who curse you, right? Uh, to hate you. Uh, bless those who curse you. Well, I, one of the things I point out is just it, it's that's not it's not easy and it's not no. even normal and it's definitely no. not much fun. Right. Oh, yeah. No, man. No, oh, it's bad if you can slap on one cheek, a little less two cheeks. Yeah. 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 That's and, no and this cold weather. I need every bit of clothing I can have. That's so, great. and I think we take it, you know, sadly as sinners, we, we take more pleasure in hating our enemies, you know, yeah. kidding aside. Uh, we, that, that's fun. Yeah. I can hate my enemy. I kind of enjoy that. Um, yeah. Uh, cursing those who curse me. Yeah. That I kind of enjoy that too. Um, and one of the, the examples that, that comes to my mind is, you know, today, especially on, on social media, <laughs> you know, things like oh, Facebook my, yes. and Twitter. And, and if our listeners are familiar with that, um, boy, if you go to, if you go to a, a website and go to the comments section, or if you go to Facebook and look at people's comments, I mean, people are are just downright nasty, and there yeah. are some very unloving things that are said. Um, and it's it's behind our our laptop, behind our cell phone that we have that anonymity there. People might not know who we really are, uh, or we not see them face to face, even if they do know who we are. And people, boy, their comments are just belittling and profanity and put downs and uh, cursing, just coercive hate. Uh, it's it's terrible. Um, and, and, and you know, know what? You know what's scary, Matt? You're yeah. talking about the Christian websites. Oh my goodness, John! <laughs> I know. Well, sadly, yeah. You know uh, these debates that come up on Christian, even Lutheran websites, yeah. and and we we treat each other terribly, and and God forgive us for it. Um, my goodness. And, you know, sometimes, you know, even more often than not on, on the Internet, you know, th these 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 um, discussions and these conflicts that, that rise our blood pressure is spoken between people that probably don't even know each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People that you're never even going to meet face to face. And that's why we do it, though. That's the that's the problem. Like yeah. You said, the anonymous yeah. nature. Of yeah. It. Yeah. 
Exactly. But that doesn't make it any better. That doesn't make it right. Um, Again, what does Jesus say? Love your enemy. (laughs) Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. So what if that person is your enemy? Um, You consider them your enemy, at least, because they disagree with you. Well, okay. Uh, What are you called to do? Well, not curse, (laughs) you know, not blow up at them, but but love them. Um, Yeah. You know, and I think the other interesting thing is, you know, Jesus doesn't make any qualifications here, right? He just says, love your enemies. He doesn't say anything like, love your enemies, except, you know, so-and-so. No, love your enemies. And so no matter who that enemy is, we're called to love them. Um, Put that in our 21st century context. You know, maybe that enemy is someone who wears a mask (laughs) or someone who doesn't wear a mask during this time of COVID. Uh, Maybe it's someone who lives in the city. Uh, an urban city dweller or a rural resident is your enemy for whatever reason. Maybe your enemy is a, a vegan, someone who doesn't eat oh, meat. Oh man, yeah, those vegans. Uh, I, I tell you, I know, I know, John. They're <laughs> almost, they're almost your enemy. And then, or maybe your enemy is a carnivore, someone who does eat meat. Uh, maybe your enemy is someone who roots for a different sports team. You know, and the list just goes on and on and on. Uh, but Jesus calls us to to love our enemy. Period. That's it. Yeah, he doesn't make any qualifications beyond that. And and, and that's and not you easy. Know, it just occurred to me, and I didn't even th- talk about this in my sermon, but it is it, we we are supposed to agape the enemies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is yeah. that sacrificial love. <laughs> so it's not just that we oh well we'll get along with them, but we're, we need to be ready to actually give up our lives. Isn't that what isn't that what love is when you are ready to lay down your life for someone for your yeah. enemy? Really? Yeah. Well, that's what he says. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is not easy. You know, the, the rest of my message really focuses on the next verses, John, about, um, you know, this idea of that we we love differently than the rest of the world. We're yeah. called as Christians to love differently than the non-Christians. Uh, so whatever you'd like to share then about these verses, go for it. Anything from 27 to 31, go ahead, John. Well, now, I, I'll I tell you later. what, I, what I'd like to say about this, because the issue that, that I'd like to address, though, is, so what do you do if, if you're like my wife, who was a principal, you know? And and so you, you have an unruly student brought to you. Uh, do you just pat the student on the head and say, "Well, I know at at heart you're a good you're a good boy," and so just go and, and you know? I mean, what about those situations where we we can't simply turn the other cheek? Or well, maybe we're supposed to. That's the question. So, but maybe we can save that for next week. We'll we'll talk about those situations where it just doesn't seem like this is what God would have us. Are you telling me, Matt, for example, if someone would come up and threaten my family, that I'm supposed to just to stand there and and let them? do that and not try to defend them and protect them. But but that's going to take too long to answer today, but maybe we can answer that uh, tomorrow. So is there anything more you want to say about these particular opening verses? In fact, Matt, is there anything you can say to encourage us in our final minute? Because right now I'm feeling kind of depressed because honestly, I don't know that I, I can do this. I don't even know if that I want to do this, yeah, Matt. Yeah, yeah, join the club. I, I guess the the one thing to maybe leave our listeners with is the only way we can do this, the only way is motivated by the one who who's already done it, right? Jesus Christ. Um, you know, in uh, Romans chapter five, verse 10, uh, that that's a tough verse too. It says, while for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. 
So we were enemies, you know, talk about loving enemies. Thanks be to God, Jesus loves enemies because we were enemies of God, according to that verse, Romans 5, 10. Uh, but it goes on, we are reconciled to God by the death of his son. We are no longer enemies of God, right? We are forgiven, we're restored. We're, we're no longer enemies of God. Now we're sons and daughters of God too, by baptism, connected to Christ's death and resurrection. And so when this seems impossible, and, and a difficult task for us. Well, yeah, apart from Christ, it certainly is. Uh, but in Christ, that new creation, no longer enemies ourselves, but now sons and daughters of God. Well, that's our motivation. That's our motivation to love our enemy. Uh, we love because God first loved us. Uh, and, God and, first loved his enemies. We're called to love ours. And, and thank you, Matt. That, that's exactly what we needed to hear because this is a very, well, it is. It's a thing that makes us realize how sinful we are. But yeah, it's kind of nice to remember that while we were enemies, uh, Jesus Christ, he died for us. He really did agape and love us. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.